everyone, and welcome to the Games for the Throne podcast. This episode will be um, recapping episode 802, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. So we start out pretty much where we left off last week, except for now Jamie is in front of everyone in the Great Hall, um, pretty much all the lords and ladies of the North, and as well as Daenerys, um, Tyrion's there, everybody's there. And Danny basically talks about the, her brother, um, telling her stories about Jamie the Kingslayer and how he killed their father and what they would do to him when um, they reclaimed their throne and found him. And I mean, obviously, she kind of has a right to be mad because it was her dad. However, Jamie did do a good thing in killing her father because he was a madman. And they also want to know where the Lannister army is. So he has to also tell them the good news that, hey, Cersei lied. She betrayed you all. And she's not coming. Um, and by the way, Euron Greyjoy is back and he brought the Golden Company with him. And they have like 20,000 men. So once, if we live through this war with the Night King, um, she'll have enough men to kill us all. So after all that, then they ask him, why is he here? Why did he come all this way? Um, especially if he wasn't bringing an army with him. And he said, look, I gave you my word. I'm a man of honor and I want to fight with you against the dead. Um, so Danny is just, she looks at Tyrion and if looks could kill, she's just, she's done with him almost, you know, making these decisions that she thinks are bad. And yeah, I get it. Some of them haven't worked out for her, but, um, you know, it is his family. So he's kind of torn. So Tyrion stands up for Jamie and he says, you know, he's a good person. I believe him if he's here. Um, I don't trust my sister, but I do trust him. Danny was like, look, you know, I don't believe you because you trusted your sister. Now you're saying you didn't trust her. What's going on? Um, then Sansa chimes in. She's telling them what he did to Ned and uh, what he did to other people of her family. Um, you know, of course, mentioning, but not mentioning by name, Bran. And Jamie said, look, I was just trying to protect my family. And Bran says, the things we do for love. Um, and Jamie, you know, looks at him and he says, he looks back at the rest of them. He says, this is about survival. This isn't about family. This isn't about honor. And finally, Brienne gets moved enough to stand up for him. And she says he is a man of honor. And she tells him, uh, she tells them about the time that they had together when she was bringing him to King's Landing and then how she became his prisoner and how the bloody mummers, um, tried to rape her and how he lied to them in order to protect her. And she tells Sansa that he was the reason that she got home, um, or in some ways got home because we all know Littlefinger brought her home, but, um, he helped equip Brienne in order for her to go after Sansa and, you know, become her, her person, her protector. So she says, you know, I would fight beside him. I vouch for him. And Sansa says, okay, I, I trust Brienne. And if she says that he should be allowed to stay, then uh, he should be allowed to stay. Um, Danny's kind of taken aback because she thought Sansa was on her side for a second. So Danny asks John what he thinks. And he says, well, we need every man we can get. So Danny finally concedes because everybody else has, has said he can come back. So she doesn't really have any other recourse except for to accept him in um, the fight. And Grey Worm gives his sword back. And they all get up and leave. A uh, very awkward moment. One of many awkward moments. And uh, 
Danny goes to turn to John to talk to him and he just says, your grace and kind of walks out. Um, he dodges her a lot in this episode. So Danny's leaving the great hall with her people and she gives Tyrion hell for trusting Cersei. And I mean, she gets so mad that she threatens to find a new hand and she storms off and poor Tyrion turns around to Jorah um, and Varys uh, and says, you know, I think before the end of this, one of you is probably going to be wearing this pin. Then we go down to um, the armory. Gendry is still hard at work making weapons. Seems like he's still got a lot of dragon glass. He's making good progress, but I don't know if he's going to, he's not going to be able to forge enough weapons before the dead get there. Arya comes down. She's checking in on her weapon. She wants to know why it's not done yet. And of course, Gendry suggests because she's a lady that she stay down in the crypts of Winterfell because that's where all of the uh, women and children are going to stay in order to be safe. Um, she starts asking him about the white. She wants to know what they're like, how they fight, how they smell. I mean, all the things that she learned um, with the faceless men. She wants to get ready to know how to fight them. And he just is like, look, they're really bad. They're, they're dead. They're, they're, they're worse than the rapers and the killers and the thieves that we were with for, on the way to the Night's Watch. They're like death because that's what they are. And she said, well, I know death. And she said, he's got many faces, but I look forward to seeing this one. And she throws spearheads, multiple spearheads into this wooden pole. And Gendry is just like amazed that she can do this. Next, they show Bran. He's in the Godswood. Um, Jamie decides to go speak to him and try to make amends. And I think this conversation went completely different than Jamie ever thought it would go in his head. Um, he walks up and he apologizes to Bran and this kind of went how I thought it would because Bran doesn't really show a lot of emotion anymore because he's technically not a person. Um, but you know, Bran goes, look, you did what you did because you were protecting your family and you're not that person anymore. And you know, that was fate. That was what was supposed to happen because if you hadn't have pushed me out that window, I wouldn't become who I am and you wouldn't have become the man that you are now. So Jamie's completely surprised that Bran is not mad and yelling and screaming at him. And he doesn't really understand why Bran didn't tell the others that he was the one that pushed him. I mean, I pretty much thought this was common knowledge now, at least for the Starks, but maybe not. And Bran says, you know, we need every man to fight. It, it isn't going to do any good for me to turn them against you. We need you. And uh, Jamie says, well, what about after the fight? And Bran says, well, what makes you think there will be an afterwards? Then Jamie and Tyrion talk, and Jamie asks if Danny's, you know, really different than Cersei or anybody else. Tyrion says that, you know, he believed Cersei about her pregnancy, and he kind of thinks it was a lie now. Jamie says she is pregnant. I still don't know, people. I mean, I'm maybe I'll have to look at the after the episode when it's on on demand, um, because the writers uh, and the show producers may say that she is pregnant. I just, I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm going to be floored if she is. And uh, Jamie says, you know, look, she fooled me too. And Tyrion says, look, you always knew who she was and what she was. And you just loved her in spite of it. So then Jamie watches Brienne uh, while he and Tyrion are talking. And then he wants to go talk to her. So Brienne wonders, they talk for a few minutes. And she's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You're being nice to me. You haven't insulted me. 
I don't, we've never had a conversation like this. And he's just like, look, I came here because, um, I'm not the fighter I used to be, but I'd be honored to serve under your command because she's going to, um, head up the East flank, I believe is what she said. Not big war, um, strategy person, but I'm pretty sure that's what she said. So Jorah, he goes to visit Danny and he stands up for Tyrion. He says, look, you know, when I heard that you made Tyrion Lannister your hand, it broke my heart, but you made the right choice. Uh, and Danny's like, no, he's made so many mistakes. I just can't take it anymore. And Jorah's like, look, he admits his mistakes and he learns from them. And he thinks Danny should forgive him. And then he says, there's also something else that he suggests that she do. Then it cuts to the next scene. So this must be his suggestion. Danny goes to see Sansa. Uh, Sansa's talking with Lord Royce. And she says, you know, can I have a few minutes with you? So Sansa tells uh, Lord Royce to leave. And Danny asks her why she changed her tune about letting Jamie stay. Because she's like, yeah, I thought we were on the same side. You seem to not be you know, on good terms with him. And then you changed your mind. Um, but then Sansa goes to Tyrion's defense. Um, the same as Sir Jorah. She says, you know, Tyrion is a good man and, uh, he treated her well. And Danny says, you know, Tyrion shouldn't have trusted Cersei. And Sansa says, look, you know, you trusted her too. You shouldn't have either. You have these advisors, but you still have a mind of your own to think about these things. And then uh, Danny asks why Sansa doesn't like her, why they are at odds with the one another. And Sansa says, you know, John loves you. And I've seen this before. Men do stupid things for women. They're very easily manipulated. And uh, Danny says, look, you know, I've, I've grown up with one goal in mind. And that's been the Iron Throne. It's been my goal my whole life. And um, her war was against them until she met John and he told her about the Night King and showed her what was happening. And she came to John's aid. She came to the North's aid. So, you know, she's there now. She's not fighting her war down south. And Cersei now, you know, has an army that's going to take that part of the kingdom back. So who manipulated whom? And Sansa said, well, I should have thanked you the moment you arrived. It was a mistake. It is, you know, good that you came here. We do appreciate your help. And Danny says, well, um, I love and trust John and he's true to his word. Uh, she's only one of, or he's one of two men that she's ever trusted to his word. And then Sansa asks who the first is and Danny just laughs and says someone taller, which is obviously referring to Drogo. And then Sansa says, well, once this war is over, what happens next? What happens to the North? And Danny says, well, I take the Iron Throne. And Sansa again is like, well, what about the North? The North has said they will not bend the knee to the South again. And now they're, you know, enemies again. Because basically Danny just kind of gets her serious face back on and is like, okay, you know, all seven kingdoms are mine. She is very intent on that. Um, and then the maester interrupts because Theon's arrived. And he says, Yara is taking back the Iron Islands in Danny's name in case they need to fall back there. But he came to fight for Winterfell and Sansa just run up, runs up and hugs him. And in this episode, I was, it seemed like there were a lot of relationships forming and I really got the feeling that 
perhaps Sansa and Theon are gonna get together it would be a little weird but I don't know I mean you know he did save her and everything and and he is like a brother to her which makes it kind of weird maybe it's not that way it just seemed like everybody was kind of coupling off in this episode a little bit everyone's getting ready for this war uh you know they still don't know how quickly it's going to come but sir davos is getting all of any man um that can fight is being given a weapon and is a soldier now and he's handing out some food and one of the men says look i'm not a soldier i haven't fought and davos is like Yo, look we we just need everybody and uh you know, he says, I wasn't a good fighter, but I've survived two battles. One was right here in the Battle of the Bastards, and I'm still here to talk about it, so we'll get through this. Then this little girl comes, and her face is partially burned on the side. I'm not sure what the significance of that was, but um, she asks what, she, what she's supposed to do, because she wants to fight too. And Gilly's out there, and she overhears this, so she comes and she says, well, you can be our protector in the crypts. I'm going to be down there with my son. And why don't you come down there and you can be our protector. And the little girl's like, okay, I'll be the defender of the crypts. And then, of course, a horn blows. And it's Tormund and Dolores Ed and Beric Dondarrion. They've gotten there. They immediately tell them what happened at the last hearth. And Tormund's like, look, we have until before the sun comes up tomorrow. And whoever isn't in here already is with the Night King's army because he's killed them and added them to his ranks. And then he asks where the big woman is. He's so concerned. He wants to know where Brienne is so he can see her. He has a one-track mind when it comes to Brienne. So all of the leaders gather. John goes through the battle plans with them. And um, their thing is, you know, this is what we found out when we went north of the Wall. If we can get to the Night King, then it will take out the rest of the Whites. So that should be our main focus. And Bran says, well, look, I have a better idea because the thing is, is that, um, and this is why I don't go along with the Bran as the Night King theory. If he is, that's cool. I'm good with it. I'm not against it. Um, but they seem to be enemies of each other. And the only, you know, you're not... I don't know. I just don't feel like he's going to be the Night King. It seems like there's something that Bran can do to the Night King that can completely take away his power. Um, he seems to be the ultimate enemy of the Night King. So I'm interested to see how that all plays out. But Bran says, um, he'll come for me. Y'all need to put me in the Godswood. I'll be bait because what he wants is an endless night. He wants to erase the world and all of the memories of it. He wants it to be just him and his people. And I represent the history of this world. Um, so Bran says, you know, he'll be able to find me because um, I have his mark. He always knows where I am. He already knows I'm here. And Bran says, he'll wait for the Night King. Um, Theon says, I'll stay with Bran and protect him because, of course, John is worried about Bran being unprotected in the middle of the Godswood, which is in, is inside the castle, but still. And, of course, Theon is going to protect him because he wants to make up for what he did to Bran and Rickon when they were little, when he came and took Winterfell from them. Um, Tyrion wants to fight in the battle as well. He wants to give orders from somewhere in the castle. And Danny says, no, you know, you're not a warrior. I need you in the crypt. You can think better than them and I will need you. I don't want you to die. So she's kind of 
taken Jorah and Sansa at their word on, you know, give Tyrion a break. Yes, we understand that he's trusted his sister and he shouldn't have done that. But, you know, he is a good man. He does want to help and serve you. Um, so she seems to not be willing to get rid of him yet. Um, and then they also think that the dragons will be used out in the open. Um, so they feel like that is a good way to get rid of the Night King. Um, and they want to know, you know, okay, does dragon fire kill the Night King? And every, and, uh, Bran says, no one's ever tried it before. I don't know. Um, because, you know, in history in the long night, Azor High used his sword Lightbringer somehow. And we don't really know the whole story, but he was able to end the, attack of the white walkers so they didn't have dragons at that point in time or dragons weren't in rest westeros at that point in time something um but john's like look no the dragons are going to be inside the walls they're going to be um hovering over the godswood so they can defend bran and the way he talked it seemed like he was going to ride Rhaegal. um he kind of i don't know so i have to watch it again and see uh you know because it all goes by so fast typing and everything but it seemed like he was he was gonna he was gonna get on Rhaegal and ride him uh, as the second dragon rider, and then Tormund, who's always kind of the comic relief of the show, he says uh, we're all going to die, and he gives Brienne this look and says, "But we'll all die together." Kind of acts like you know, oh, this is our last night alive. You know, we shouldn't be wasting it. <laughs> um, and they all split up again. Again, John kind of ignores Danny. And it's just like, your grace have to go. And uh, just is being very distant from her. And she can tell something is going on. She doesn't understand what it is. And uh, Tyrion's still there in the room. Bran is still there as well. He looks at Bran and he asks Bran if he needs any help. And Bran's like, no, I'm good. He says, okay, well, you know, I want to hear your story. What happened to you? How did you go from being this crippled boy to being the three-eyed raven? Um, I want to hear about your journey. And Bran's like, yeah, it's a really long story. <laughs> and Tyrion goes, yeah, it's not like, you know, we have a whole bunch of time, like we're stuck in a castle, you know? So uh, they talk for a while. I don't know how much of the story that he actually tells Tyrion. Poor Masande. I, I'm sure these Northerners have never seen anybody, I mean, maybe one or two people um, of color. And you have to remember this is based on feudal England, which was mostly white. Um, but poor Masande, she's she's walking around. She sees some children. She goes to say hey to them. They just, they run off. And it's a perfect segue into what happens next because Grey Worm sees her and he comes up to her and he says, look, these aren't our people. Once the queen has her throne, there's no place for us here. Um, and he says, you know, I'm with her all the way. I'm going to help her defeat all of her enemies and win her throne. But after that, where do we go? What do you want? And she says, well, I really want to go home to my, uh, to the island of Noth. And he says, well, I'll take you there. And she says, well, you know, our people are peaceful. They don't fight. There's nobody there to protect them. Um, I don't know who she'd still need to protect him from at this point if the war is over, but you never know. And he says, well, you know, my people are protectors, so I'll protect you. Then uh, Sam and John are together and Ghost is up there. Thank God we at least get one ghost sighting. I feel like they have like just, I know dragons and white walkers are expensive to make, but those dire wolves, he's the only one besides Nymeria that's still alive. So please show him some. And even though John's a dragon rider, 
I, I, you know, I just still want him to have this relationship with ghosts. So ghosts got to be important in some way. He can protect Sansa. He can protect some people. I don't know. They put him down in the crypts. He can help out. Anyway, Sam asked John if he's talked to Danny yet. And uh, Sam's like, yeah, you know, you should pick the right moment. You should be really careful. And uh, John's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. There's not really ever going to be a right time. And he starts talking about uh, Sam joining Gilly in the crypts if he needs to. And Sam kind of gives him a look. And uh, he says, you know, look, I've killed a white walker. I've killed wildlings. I've killed, you know, I've done all these things. I stole books from the Citadel. But you ain't got to worry about me. And John's just kind of like, yeah, I'm not saying you can't fight. I'm just saying, you know, like if you want to be down there to protect Gilly and the people, you know, you can you can be down there. And Sam's like, I'll be fine. So now Jamie and uh, Tyrion are sitting in front of the fire in the Great Hall. And Tyrion's just like, you know, I wish Father was here. And Jamie kind of looks at him like, what the? Well, you killed him, you know? And he's like, no, I just love to see the look on his face to see that his two sons are fighting for Winterfell. Which, yes, I'm sure Tywin Lannister, is, his ashes are... I don't know that he can't roll over in his grave because he was blown up in the Sept of Baelor, but whatever. Um, so then Tyrion talks about the first time they were there and how much simpler were things were. And they just talked about how much they've changed and grown since then. And then Brienne and Pod walk in and they're kind of like, oh, sorry, we interrupted. And Tyrion's like, no, join us for a bit. None of us are going to get any sleep tonight. Let's, you know, talk. And then Sir Davos comes in, then Tormund comes in, and it's just <laughs> a nice big group of a lot of different people talking. Um, and so, of course, Tormund's like, yeah, it could be our last night in this world. And uh, she says, well, you, Brienne says, well, I'm glad that you're here. So, you know, Tormund looks at Brienne and he's like, yeah, giving her the eye. This could be our last night in the world. And Brienne's just like, well, you know, I'm glad you're here. And so he gets all pumped up at that. And she's like, I mean, you know, like that you're here to fight with us. I'm glad that we have you here to fight. Then Tormund kind of starts this uh, uh, thing with Jamie, because uh, I guess he can see the relationship that Jamie and Brienne have. And he's kind of trying to one up him. He's like, yeah, so I hear they call you King Killer. And Jamie's like, yeah, I'm sure there's a few people that call me that. And uh, Tormund's like, yeah, well, you know, they call me Giant's Bane. And you know why? Because I killed a giant when I was 10. And then I climbed into bed with his wife. And when she woke up, she suckled me at her teeth for three months because she thought I was her baby. So that's why I'm so strong, because I got giant's milk in me. And then uh, he starts drinking whatever is in his cup, which I can't be giant's milk. I don't know. It's some kind of ale or whatever the wildlings drink but he's totally uh out trying to outdo jamie in front of brienne it's really funny and brienne is just she is so not used to this getting attention from different men it's just it's so funny to watch Arya goes to talk to the hound he's just sitting by himself and she just kind of sits down by him and it's very quiet and finally he's like you know when i was around you before you wouldn't shut your mouth and now you're just sitting here like a weirdo not saying anything and she wants to know why he's there. She's like, you know, when is the last time you fought for anyone but yourself? And he says, well, I fought for you, didn't I? 
And then Barrett comes to join them and he starts to, uh, you know, do his thing. Well, first he apologizes to Arya about the last time they worked together. He's like, you know, look, I was just trying to do what was good for the people. I needed money. I'm sorry that things did not work out for you. I'm sorry I sold off Gendry and you're mad about that. And then he starts talking about the Lord of Light and how they're all there for a specific reason, blah, blah, blah. And the Hound's just like, look, no sermons. If you, you know, uh, Thoros is gone, I don't want to hear any more sermons or I'll chuck you over the wall. And then they laugh. They start drinking together and Arya gets up to leave. And they're like, oh, where are you going? And she's like, yeah, I'm not spending my final hours with two miserable old shits. So she goes and uh, starts to have target practice. She's working with her bow and arrow and Gendry's kind of skulking around watching her. And then he comes out, he brings her weapon to her and it is a double bladed spear. And it also, uh, it looks like it does come apart. Um, so then she wants to know what happened to him with Melisandre and what Melisandre wanted with him. And he says, well, she wanted my blood and to, Arya's like, okay, why, why would she want your blood? What's so special about your blood? And he's like, well, I'm Robert Baratheon's bastard son. And uh, then she starts asking him if he slept with Melisandre, who else he slept with. She's getting all into his business. And he's like, you know, a few, but I didn't keep count. And she says, yeah, you kept count. So finally he admits that he slept with three girls, women, whatever. And uh, she says, well, we may die soon. And she wants to know what it's like before it happens. And she just throws herself at him and then they have sex. And we saw Arya half naked, which I was like, I'm sorry. I've seen you since a little girl. This is weird, but I'm glad her and Gendry got together. I'm good with that. Um, you know, he sees that she's got scars all over her and everything. And again, glad they got together a little weird seeing her uh, half naked. <clears throat> uh, then we go back to the great hall. Things are getting kind of awkward in there. The conversation's getting a little restless and uh, then Tormund uh, somehow it's mentioned that Brienne is not a knight and Tormund is just like how are you not a knight you're like one of the greatest fighters I've ever seen and he's like if I were a king I'd knight you 10 times over and Jamie's like well you know it doesn't really take a king to make a knight any knight can make another knight and he's like you know here I'll prove it and he tells her to come kneel she's like yeah whatever you know she kind of shrugs it off and then he's like, no, no, come on. And she gets up and everybody else in the great hall stands up as well. And she goes and kneels and Jamie knights her. It's just a great moment. She's all teary eyed. It's just is what she's always wanted. And to really have Jamie do this for her and get the respect of everybody and everybody's not laughing at her. They're actually clapping and happy for her. Um, is definitely like one of the best moments of her life. So I think she may definitely uh, be in love in some ways with Jamie now since he did that. We see Sam again and he catches Jorah and Lyanna Mormont and they're fighting because of course Jorah thinks that as a girl she should be down in the crypts but she's having none of that. She is going to fight and uh, she's not going to sit down there with all the other women and children and that's it. So Jorah finally concedes that he, he's lost that battle and Sam walks up and he's kind of like, Oh, sorry. didn't mean to interrupt you. And, uh, she leaves and Sam shows Jorah heart's bane and he actually gives it to Jorah. He says, look, 
I, you know, I loved your father. Your father was a great man. And this is my family sword. Um, I can't use it. I'm not, you know, I don't know how to use the sword. That's not the way I fight. So I would really love for you to have this. And so Jorah says, well, I wield it in my father's memory to guard the realms of men. And we go back to the great hall. Everybody's getting kind of tired, but Tyrion's like, no, no, we have to stay up just a little while longer. And um, he wants a song. And he asks different people if they sing. And they're like, no, no, no. Tormund's like, yeah, definitely no. And so then um, Pod actually starts singing this really beautiful song. And as he's singing the song, we see this montage of different people. Sam and Gilly are laying in the bed with little Sam. We see Theon and Sansa. Again, I really look like they might be getting together. I mean, they can't really, you know, do certain things, but there there might be some kind of relationship there. I don't know. Um, we see Arya and Gendry. Uh, Gendry's asleep, but Arya's laying there. Missandei and Grey Worm. So it really seemed like all of these love stories, which is why, again, I'm going with the Theon and Sansa might be getting together. Um, and then the Unsullied and the Dothraki, Sir Jorah's getting them ready outside of the gates of Winterfell. And they are lining up. They are getting ready for this fight because the Night King is going to be there any minute. And then last, but certainly not least, Danny goes to find John. She finds him in the crypts. And he's actually standing um, at the statue of his, now that he knows it's his mother, Lyanna Stark. And, uh, you know, she she walks up. She's a little, kind. you know, she doesn't really want to bother him. She knows he's down there thinking probably for a reason. But she just wants to find out what's going on. And uh, they kind of hug and she's holding onto his arm. And she asks who he's looking at. And he says, Lyanna Stark. And of course, you know, he thinks, she thinks that's his aunt. And then she starts to think back on her brother because, you know, the story that's been told for all of these years, which was completely untrue, was that Rhaegar kidnapped Lyanna and that he raped her. And, uh, you know, so she's kind of like, oh, great. Yeah, another uh, embarrassment for my family. And she's like, yeah, you know, people always told me that that Rhaegar was the good one that he, um, you know, sang for the people that he raised money and, and gave it to the poor folks that, um, you know, he loved to sing. He loved to play the harp. He could fight, but he wasn't really a fighter, um, you know, that he was just this great guy and that he was decent. But he raped John's aunt. And I think, you know, I'm glad that John didn't draw this out. We didn't have to wait till, um, even though it's very awkward and it's probably not going to be necessary. It's not going to necessarily come up again until after this great war with the dead, but at least they know. Um, and she knows why John's been distant. And, but I think he also did it because he loves her and he really didn't want her to think that her brother was this bad person that did this bad thing to his family because he wasn't. Um, so John tells her, no, Rhaegar did not kidnap and raped her. He loved her and that they were actually married in secret and she had a son and guess what? That son was John. And, uh, you know, he said Robert would have murdered the baby. So she had Ned Stark promise to protect him. And so Ned Stark raised him as his bastard son. And she just is, you know, at a loss for words. She can't believe what she's hearing, which I mean, nobody would be able to. 
um, he says, you know, my name is Aegon Targaryen. And Danny just says, well, that's impossible. And she's like, you know, how would you even know this? And he says, well, Bran told me, Sam confirmed it. You know, he found a maester's journal where Rhaegar was annulled from Elia Martell. And um, Bran saw that Rhaegar and Lyanna were married. Bran saw my birth. He saw that uh, Ned promised my mother that he would take care of me. And he's like, look, you know, I know it's crazy, but I know it's true. And she says, well, if it is, then you're the last male heir of House Targaryen and you hold the best claim to the Iron Throne. And you can tell she's really got, I don't know, I wouldn't call it mixed feelings because she's really not happy about it. You know, again, she's like, I'm saving my family name. I'm the Targaryen that's going to get there. And now, great, I've been having sex with my nephew, and he's actually the heir, not me. So I've gone all of this way, you know, finally I'm going to get what I want, and now there's another obstacle, but it's an obstacle that I also love. So, yeah, mixed feelings, I don't, I don't know what the exact right word for it is. I don't think she's taking it well right at that moment, but it's not like, I don't think she like wants to kill John at that moment either. Um, and of course, because, you know, epic timing, the horn blows, the Night's King army is there. So conversation over, they have to get ready to fight. And that was it for this episode. Um, so this, I think this is the only other one that was going to be an hour long. The rest of them are like 80 to 90 minutes. So, oh, only like maybe five to six hours total left of the entire show. Um, obviously the big battle is going to go down next week. Uh, I don't know if it'll be more than one episode or not. It seems like there would have to be, I mean, somebody's going to live throughout this battle. I don't know whether it's, maybe everybody dies. There's, there's going to be a bloodbath. People that we love and have hoped would live, you know, make it through this entire series are not going to. I think a lot of people are going to die. In the next one or two episodes, depending on how long this battle goes on. Um, and then obviously whoever makes it out of this battle, which could just be the Night King and the dead, um, will fight Cersei and the Golden Company. Um, so next week we'll start to see all of that. I'm sure it's going to be very emotional. Um, everything really. I mean, I'm glad we've had these episodes, these first two, to kind of um, get into it with people meeting each other again because obviously you know those things had to happen um you know some things were okay to leave behind the scenes but you had to see some of these things with these big um confrontations like with jamie and danny and um bran and jamie and you know jamie and everybody because he's done stuff to all kinds of people but um so I don't know what we'll see with uh, John and Danny, if we'll see anything until after this big um, battle as to what's, you know, going to be next for them. I mean, yes, in a perfect world, they would get married and have a kid and be the king and queen of the seven kingdoms. But I'm positive that we're not going to get this fantasy Disney happy ending. Um, I do think Danny's going to end up being pregnant. Um We'll see how that works out. I I still am not sure about Cersei, guys. I mean, Jamie said, like I said, I'm going to have to look at the after the episode from the on-demand um, to see if the uh, showrunners say anything confirming or denying that. Uh, Jamie really seems to believe her. I don't believe anything that comes out of her mouth. 
And we didn't see King's Landing at all this week, really, so who knows what's going on there. I mean, not really much, because the war in the North is the main thing. Um, so again, I don't even know if we'll see Cersei again for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, let her be with Euron, whatever. That's what she deserves. So great character dynamics going on. I don't think we're going to get a lot of that in the next few episodes again because of this big battle. So we'll see what happens next week. Um, thanks for tuning in, and I'll be posting next week's recap right after the episode. Until next time, thanks for listening to Games for the Throne. Have any questions, comments, crazy theories? Um, you can email me at gamesforthethrone at gmail.com. You can also check me out at um, Games for the Throne on Facebook, and it's at Games for the Throne on Twitter, but the four is the number four. And then I'm also Games for the Throne on um, Instagram. And you can check out my podcast if you're not, well, if you want to check it out somewhere else, obviously, instead of on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, but I also have a blog. Um, I blog about a lot of different stuff to do with Game of Thrones. And um, it's called, the website is 3cstudio.net uh, slash game, games for the throne. So um, lots of cool, neat stuff there. I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope I'm doing a good job. I hope I'm interesting. Um, so thanks for listening to my podcast, and I will see you next week. <laughs>